Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is December 19th, 2022. So let's just begin by taking a moment of silence to link up with all Triangles workers throughout the world, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So our work together each week is twofold, to introduce this planetary service of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. So if you are new to this work, welcome. And if you'd like to find out more information, you can go to the Triangles website, triangles.org. <clears throat> and if you'd like to form a triangle, Anyone can place their name in the chat box and hopefully two other people on the webinar will agree to form a triangle with you. And we also come together each week to create a platform whereby people who are already members of triangles can come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. So triangles is a daily visualization practice using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work entails establishing a line of lighted loving communication between three people who agreed to vivify that triangular link every day. Three people linked together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. <clears throat> and as they connect with one another, they then connect with the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the energies are distributed by closing with the great invocation, a world prayer that can release uh, and touch all human hearts and minds with the energies of light and goodwill. And triangles need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So as we do each week, let's begin with a brief visualization. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize a triangle composed of the three planetary centers. At the apex, the center Shambhala, and at the base, the spiritual hierarchy and humanity. 
and visualize each of these points as a sphere with energies that are circulating between the three points, filling the triangle with light. And as we invoke the spiritual will, the three points are united by a five-pointed indigo star at the center of the triangle. The star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future filling the triangle with light. And visualize the light of the Christ, the light of the three planetary centers irradiating throughout the sphere of the new group of world servers, a sphere full of lighted points representative of individuals and groups who are members of the new group of world servers. And we lift the energies from Shambhala through the hierarchy and visualize them radiating <clears throat> throughout the new group of world servers stimulating the group to serve in all the many different avenues of human endeavor. And now visualize those lighted points, radiating and distributing the energies throughout the entire human kingdom. through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize the entire planet as a sphere of light. And linking together as a group, we sound the affirmation of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness 
in today. So today, after our meditation, we are happy to welcome three longtime students of the Ageless Wisdom, Catherine Cruz, David Trice, and Thomas Koshi, all members of Triangles. And they'll be sharing with us today some of the crisis points that they have experienced on their spiritual path because as we know, crisis is a point of all forward progress, either for an individual a group or for a nation and for a planet. And as a result of the crisis periods, they will each share what spiritual quality um, resulted from the expansion of consciousness that they passed through as a result. So we look forward to hearing from them. And just to say a few points about the week ahead. Um, as most of you will know, this Wednesday is the winter solstice. Such an important point in so many different spiritual traditions throughout time. A time of the greatest darkness in the Northern Hemisphere, and yet a time when the saying goes that the sun gods come forth at this point as a symbol of the renewal of life that occurs out of the depths of this darkness. And the Tibetan hints in not too veiled a fashion that this day is the, the day of greatest spiritual illumination within the annual cycle. <clears throat> so we can certainly prepare for it, we might look at it as a full moon, uh, as we do the full moon approach with a two days before, that would be today. The day of safeguarding would be Wednesday itself at 4.48 Eastern Standard Time, <coughs> followed by two days of distribution. But then we lead into Sunday, next Sunday's Christmas period followed by this year on Monday, the new moon. And Lucis Trust will be holding a webinar on that day at 6 p.m. And we welcome you all to participate in that. And so we have a full week of spiritual opportunity because the Tibetan does highlight um, the importance of Christmas. Although he says, of course, which we all know that it has become a highly materialistic opportunity that's more about buying gifts than it is related to the spiritual opportunity. But nonetheless, its potency still exists. And he relates it very much to the first initiation. So it's really, although it's a, a representative of the birth of the Christ, we look at that today as the birth of the Christ in the human heart, which is 
the first initiation. And we know that humanity as a whole is undergoing this initiatory experience. <clears throat> Hence all of the chaos in the world for it's such a tremendous occurrence when humanity awakens to the Christ within, no matter what religion or without any particular religion, this awakening can occur. It's a sparking within the individual and a burgeoning sense of responsibility. So all of the activities that we see being undertaken by the new group of world servers is having its impact on humanity. It is releasing, as we saw in our visualization, it is releasing light and goodwill through such networks as the triangles work, releasing light and goodwill that is helping to stir humanity's heart and to awaken the members of the human kingdom to that which lies beyond the veil as this ancient alchemical etching demonstrates. Humanity, particularly at this time of year, can pierce through those veils, see through the glamour to the underlying reality of what the Christmas holiday is all about. So Capricorn is particularly related to the human kingdom, to the opportunities that stand before humanity as we collectively and symbolically climb the spiral of the mountaintop. So that's the opportunity to see the vision they're awaiting. So during this period of break uh, in the annual cycle, uh, we won't be meeting as a group for the next two Mondays, December 26th and January 2nd. And we will meet again on January 9th. So we wish you all uh, the very best during this period and we won't take a break from our triangles work. So let's now work together with our meditation. Coming together as a group, focusing on the mental plane. standing in the center of the even Dharam cross of discipleship. Linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. <clears throat> We project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center and sound the affirmation of the will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. 
visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. <clears throat> Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Linking your triangle, the planetary network, the group soul, and the heart of hierarchy. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Precipitation, visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity. 
healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Let's link together and sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, 
let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. So now, Catherine, I'm going to ask you to unmute your microphone and we'll welcome you. Hello, Thank Catherine. You, Am I unmuted? Yes. Okay. Sound is good? Yes. Okay. Shall I begin? Yes. <laughs> we have to have three yeses, right? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for inviting me to share this morning, this afternoon. For a long time, the invocative line that we just said from the mantra of unification, that pain bring due reward of light and love was confusing to me. In fact, I just plain didn't like it. And I was always relieved we got to wisdom, vision, and insight. <clears throat> Well, the years have brought a little light and um, a little insight. And so I titled this reflection, Let Pain Bring Due Reward of Light and Love When an Exoteric Crisis Becomes an Esoteric Opportunity. So eventually I saw that my difficulty or challenges with this line what were based on remnants of a long-held ideal that when I got it right, whatever it is or whatever right is, there would be no pain. Getting it right was my project and my responsibility. God didn't really come into it. But there came a time in the unfolding of my life when this formula of effort no longer held true. I was a young woman at the time, falling in love with my soon-to-be husband, starting my career, finding a home to settle in, planning a family. All was hopeful, the future light-filled. Instead, I became seriously ill. 
I struggled to hold on to the life I was planning. But no matter what I tried to do, I just kept getting sicker. At last, I began to understand that I had to make an inner adjustment, and I had no idea what to do. It felt necessary to let go of everything I had counted to my credit. At this point, an exoteric crisis was becoming an exoteric opportunity. Hoping to find truth and healing, I read the Bible. I had grown up unchurched, so this was my first acquaintance. I read very seriously, particularly the New Testament. And I chose to take instruction from Paul's letter to the Philippians as a guide for this inner adjustment. I worked particularly with the verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Talk about positive psychology on steroids. This is it. I began to work hard at shaping my thoughts through willingness to follow the instructions in Paul's letter. I remember driving home on an interstate, affirming that I was willing to think well of a woman I was really angry at, but this wasn't true. So I affirmed I was willing to be willing to think well of her, but I didn't quite have it yet. So then I affirmed that I was willing to be willing to be willing, and that had a ring of honesty to it. That was what I had been trying to find, a point of honesty. It is not easy, this reconstruction of ingrained emotional habits. I now understand this practice, however imperfect, was bringing mental light to reveal emotion patterns of response to experiences, not necessarily as they were, but as I had interpreted them. I came to know without doubt that Christ is all and is in all, and that all humans, all humanity, all manifestations, manifestations of life are divine expressions of one life. Gradually, I began to live more fully into this truth. And about this time, I returned to my childhood home for a visit with my family, and it became necessary for them to take me to the hospital. To our surprise, an on-call doctor was knowledgeable about my condition. He recommended surgery that was at that time experimental. I was told I would be better, but the odds of full recovery were low. I accepted the surgery and am now 40 plus years disease-free. Here in Arkansas, we would say at this point, praise the Lord. <laughs> Little did I know it at the time, but the practice of willingness had laid a foundation for the later practice of self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. Now I seek to practice these discipleship qualities in thought, speech, and action throughout the day. 
And at five o'clock each day, link in thought with many others, saying with focused attention, a simple dedication of world servers. May the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers. May the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones. May we fulfill our part in the one work through self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. Pondering these discipleship qualities, we discover they correspond to practices that prepare the lower nature to become responsive to soul influence, detachment, which is withdrawal of interest in things of the senses, dispassion, immunity to suffering, and discrimination, right discernment, and right choice. Through these practices, we come to manifest soul in all aspects of the personality. We learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. The link between love of God and love of neighbor is unbroken in all the Abrahamic faiths, is at the heart of the means of yoga, bringing peace to all beings, and the practices of perfection in Buddhism. Meditation practices in all these traditions make it possible to overcome errors of separateness and build deep inner unification. Recognize the universality and interdependence of all life and develop an attitude of inclusivity expressed as compassion for all beings. True love of God and true love of neighbor demonstrates the innate rightness of the human spirit, unites the forces of separateness and the spiritual freedom of the human soul in planetary balance. Crises that arise in our individual lives cannot be separated from the crises of humanity, those in which we all share, those that reveal our interdependence and the necessity of right relations. Humanity is conditioned by the fourth ray of harmony through conflict. So conflict is a controlling factor in human affairs at all times, and particularly in this time of transition. We must consider the sacredness of crises in the evolutionary process of humanity and in our work of redemption. Self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech are the contribution we each make to the work of the whole. So back to the invocative appeal of the mantra of unification, let pain bring due reward of light and love. In the rays and the initiations we read, conflict, the agent of harmony, produces points of crises, then a point of tension, and eventually a point of emergency, of emergence. Crises and pain they and the pain they engender lead finally to liberation. The principle of conflict prepares the way for the return of the coming one. And as for my own story, I think this crisis was karmic, a sacred process for restoring balance. And for this, 
there is only gratitude. Gratitude for the extraordinary magical world in which we share, in which we work, in which we live. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. That was such a, a beautiful synopsis of what's going on on a planetary level in terms of the initiation of humanity. I just think that sums it all up. It's, it is an amazing time yeah. to be uh, sharing our work and um, our study and our meditation. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, what you were saying, the sharing that you gave to the group, reminded me of something I wanted to just remind us. Um, you know how sometimes um, we look at the, the cycles of the interludes as um, corresponding to the cycles of the breath. And this period now is the final stage of the cycle of the breath. Of, it's the um, final period of the lower interlude. And in this, one of the exercises for breathing that the Tibetan gives during this, uh, this phase after the exhalation, when there's that long, deep pause now as we enter into this longest night, he's, he qualifies it by the statement, love to all beings. And so I always think of that as the Christmas as a real definition of the Christmas spirit and to, of the uh, solstice period and really of what you just shared, this outpouring of love that comes out of the stillness. So, so it was perfect what you said, and thank you so much. I love that, um, that uh, insight into the real meaning of Christmas. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's it's amazing. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, he actually says that I was just rereading what he had written what the Tibetan had written about Christmas in De uh, Destiny of the Nations. And he says that as we move forward, the focus will be much more on the resurrection life, which is the Aries point. And this mm -hmm. is the winter solstice point. But that this point was really related to humanity and humanity's initiation. So, yeah, I think um, having your description of your struggle with pain and what it brought to you is um, really descriptive of humanity, what humanity's passing through. So thank you so much. Okay. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so now, um, David, we'll ask you to unmute yourself. Hi, David. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, thank you for letting me share, Kathy. Thank you. Uh, the uh, title of my little sharing here is The Ivory Tower. I bought my first book about Australia at age 27. I looked at the book and I thought, this must be important. I thought to myself, I must be a spiritual person to read uh, works such as this. It was Trees on Cosmic Fire. Well, in fact, I was far from spiritual. In fact, I was very material. I thought of myself as superior to everyone else. I had a home, two cars, and a very good job. I was king of the mountain. 
This attitude was not to live very long. Through my own fault and attitude in the soul's magical work, I lost everything and wound up homeless and starving on the streets of Miami. My body was eating itself alive, which is the result of starvation. I lost 40 pounds. Blood banks wouldn't give, wouldn't take my blood for the $20 they would give me for it because I was too anemic. The second stanza of the great invocation I now take to heart from the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth in the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. The hearts of men is for everyone, not just spiritual people. Each full moon I now face the other way so that those behind can receive the light. This must be all-inclusive for all men, not just spiritual people. Starvation burns a hole in you. Poverty is a place of despair. Thoughts of suicide came to me. Remember that fully half of humanity is in a state of poverty and starvation. 356 million children live in extreme poverty. Alice Bailey called the tug of poverty a place where you can hear the cry of humanity. You've heard of the aphorism, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Well, it takes much preparation, a great deal of love to others and yourself. Through the eye of the needle, all must pass. Pray for the right attitude to come to you that will take you on your way. Prayer always works. I am still a student of the arcane school. The school and its teaching saved my life many times. So be of good cheer and may God be with you on the path. And finally, I'd like to quote the Bible. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, David, for sharing the challenges of your path in this lifetime that you share with so many people, as you said, so many people today. I've heard that there's 100,000 or so homeless people in New York City alone. So it's I'm sure. Nationwide, worldwide. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And I'm sure that nobody can know that experience until they, they go through it. It allowed me to identify with all of humanity. Yeah. From the lowest to the highest. All are searching for God in one way or another. And all yeah. will reach that point with some life or another. Yeah. So remember the ivory tower and don't be too impressed with yourself just because you read a treatise on cosmic fire. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you developed a lot of uh, 
compassion as a result of yes, this experience. Yeah. Well, we, we can all use more compassion. All right, uh, let's now hear from our third participant here, Thomas. Hello, Thomas, can you unmute yourself? Hi, Thomas. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. So shall I go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Kathy, for this opportunity to be of service. Uh, I feel that to be authentic, I should speak about crisis from my own life experience. Wondering on the points of crisis in my life, I was somewhat surprised that the only major experience to which I could consciously relate as crisis or tension is the one going on currently, <laughs> result, resulting from the meditations and study work at the Arcane School. This work is changing my personality in ways that are joyous as well as opposing. My personality is finding joy, love, and harmony for which I had always aspired. And at the same time, it is resisting to let go of its control. <clears throat> I do struggle with this resistance to let go and let in the free flow of soul force. The concrete mind wants to rationalize rather than allow the higher consciousness to take over. I know and feel the conflicts as well as the changes happening in my consciousness due to that tension. The consequent shift in the outlook of life and the expression of intelligent love in day-to-day -day living are in fact inspiring. They also bring more responsibilities. It takes the knowledge, the love, and the will of the soul to go for, forward on the path. It seems to me that my entire life has been programmed to reach this point of spiritual growth by the association with the Arcane School and Master DK's teaching. Although I had read much Vedic literature and the Upanishads in my younger days, they lacked the aspect of occult meditation, which was actually handed down from Master Pachela in the old days. <clears throat> It may sound preposterous when I say that looking back at my life, I'm not able to really recollect an experience from the past, which could be termed as a crisis in the objective material sense. <clears throat> I've had situations and incidents which at the time of their happenings were just parts, parts of daily life, but had such long lasting impact that they turned out to be life-changing. From my current understanding, I can only surmise that those were points of tension produced by some emanating source of soul strength or type of energy for which I was unaware at that time. Allow me to give a little bit of my, my background. 
I was born <clears throat> the youngest member of eight children in an Orthodox Christian family in Kerala on the southern southwestern tip of India. Some of you may know that Christ's message was brought to India by the disciple Thomas in AD 52 after he landed on the western coast of Kerala. He was successful in convincing some of the learned Brahmins to follow Christ's teachings of love your God and love your neighbor. As a family, we did not put much emphasis upon the ideal of church going, although we had great faith in God and tended to leave everything up to him. Family prayer was a daily affair in the morning and at night. Harmlessness was an unspoken code of conduct. Now let me speak of a couple of incidents out of many which, of which precipitated the tension. I was around four years old and one evening I was playing, playfully jumped on my mom's back while she was squatting and weaving coconut palm leaves. I noticed tears on her cheek and inquired why she was crying. She was quiet for a while and then answered, oh, nothing. Then she added, the good Lord has taken care of us all these days. So why should we think that he will not take care of us now? He always does. Now you go and play. Those words stuck with me throughout my entire life, although I did not pay much attention to them at that time. Every time I was at a point of inflection, at an unknown change or tension, those words resonated with me and I was at peace with whatever was to happen. A second incident happened when I was appearing for the statewide high school final exam the results of which would determine the future of higher education and the quality of life itself. My dad wanted me to become an engineer because I could get work as soon as I graduated. There was only one engineering college within a 500 mile radius and getting admission was impossible without scoring very high grades in math and science. And I was going in the exam hall to take the math exam. I was not sure whether I would even pass the exam. I said a little prayer, imploring God to take care of me before sitting Lost. down. And I couldn't hear you for a second, sorry. Huh? I couldn't hear you for a second, I'm sorry. It might have been my mic, sorry. Oh, okay, all right. Anyway, uh, anyway I'll, I'll, so let me... Uh, so where were you? <laughs> you were going in to take the exam. Exam. Okay. 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 Uh, I was not sure whether I would even pass the exam. I said a little prayer imploring God to take care of me before sitting down and opening the list of questions. To my great surprise, I knew the solution to every single problem. When the results came out, I had received a grade of 100%. To make the story short, I did get admission to the engineering college and having the engineering degree was the catalyst and the main reason which facilitated my immigration to the US. Had I not come to the US, 
the probability of finding and following the teachings of Master DK would have been nil and none. My life would have been very different indeed. <clears throat> real crisis eventually, real crisis leads eventually to the next step in the spiritual unfoldment if one can be the divine observer and doesn't identify oneself with the circumstance or the crisis. Crises are opportunities to step outside the comfort zone and step into the unknown with full faith in the love of the soul. The tension produced by a crisis catapults one into deeper knowledge and encourages one into spontaneous expression of the soul in selfless service to humanity. Now let me leave you with a story from India. <clears throat> there was a warrior king who conquered many lands and much wealth, but still was unhappy. He called his council of wise men and sought their advice. One old yogi told me that he was, that he has all the wealth, but now he needs to find God and that he needs to find God on his own. So the king went on a long journey seeking God, but without any success until he met an old man who directed him to a rishi or a saint living on the top of the hill. The king went to the rishi and said, I am here to find God. The rishi went into the hut and brought him a big onion and told, peel this layer by layer completely and he walked away. The king diligently peeled the onion until nothing was left. He looked around and saw the beauty of all creation. Then he had the sudden realization that God in reality is emptiness, fullness, and light all in one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. That I think that's a beautiful life story in the sense of the an example of someone who never went through a major external crisis. And I think it's because of the way you were raised and the way you came into this world. And I think that's a another type of path, don't you? I mean, it's a you were accepting of what life brought you and you learned from every step of the way how to choose rightly, which is such a, a valuable, valuable quality to choose rightly. Yeah, that is true. Probably because the examples of my family or my mom and dad, I mm -hmm. used to be, you know, without knowing, a pretty good observer. I didn't use to say much, but I used to take everything in mm. as an observer. Yeah. And you learn to read the signs of, of how to move through life, you know? It seems... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, you know, from that very childhood that mom said that God takes care of everything. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I did. You know, yeah. something happens. I said, okay, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, without all the worry. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think I have 
really worried any time at all. <laughs> it, it's weird thinking about it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's very good. All right. Well, we have a few minutes here. There's been a lot of gratitude for the sharing of everyone. Um, does anyone have um, a comment they'd like to raise their hand and share to any of the three or to everyone in general? Um, otherwise, there's just a lot of share of gratitude here. I know there was early on someone wanted to form a triangle as well. So if two other people would like to put their name in the chat box, um, that would be great. But it is very inspiring to hear hear your stories. Uh, there's some hands. Okay. Um, Ellie. Hello, Ellie. Would you like to unmute? Yes. Hi. Hi, Ellie. Hi. Um, thank you, Kathy, and to all the presenters. And I just want to wish everybody the best, whatever you celebrate and mention that um, the, the starting, let's see, it'll be um, December 20th is the end of a 12 year astrological cycle when Jupiter ingresses into the sign of Aries. So it's gone around the whole Zodiac. Yeah. And then we have some other powerful changes coming next year. So wishing everybody a lot of positivity. It's It um, may bode well for the planet despite our challenges. And that's my wish, certainly. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. You, Take Ellie. care. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Wendy, would you like to unmute? Hello? Hi, Wendy. Oh, hi. Yeah, um, I was about to write on the chat, so I thought I'll just say it instead. Yeah. Um, so thank you to the three speakers. I thought those accounts were very enlightening. And it's just left me with a sense that we shouldn't be ashamed of crisis. Right. And I know, you know, for a long time in my life, I used to think there was something wrong with me because of these points of conflict and trouble and pain and whatever, um, different situations. And I used to think, well, why can't I have one of those lives where, you know, nothing really happens that is outstanding? Why can't it, it just be even? and I guess everybody has crisis. And um, yeah, really, it's just that. And to say that I think like everyone listening, they were such honest appraisals, so real and um, touching. And yeah. just felt, you know, that ident identification, you, I could relate so easily to the, the situations. Um, thank you very much, everyone. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> and someone placed in the chat a reminder about the Global Silent Minute. 
solstice meditation this uh, on the 21st on Wednesday. So you can all um, participate in that. <clears throat> so I'd like to also extend my gratitude to the three speakers. Um, I can unmute you if you had anything else that you'd like to just share before we close. Um, David or Thomas or Catherine. Um, yes, I, I, what has come to my mind as I have listened to all of this is the theme that has been in some of our letters and, and conferences of flourishing mm -hmm. and how flourishing happens um, in the midst of crisis and maybe as a result of crisis. So I just wanted to, that had been coming to my mind. So thank you. Thank you. According to Alice Bailey, uh, crisis is opportunity. Yes. Well, maybe it's something everybody can keep in their minds as we close this, this sharing. Yeah. Thank you, David. Any closing thought, Thomas? Well, the only thing I can say is try not to focus on crisis itself. Try not to focus on that circumstance, but try to move past beyond that and look back and see what does it mean to me or what did it mean to me? Yeah. Because you, you get into that crisis, you get involved in that, and you go in round and round in the vortex of the crisis. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for your sharing, which we will share with the participant with the guests today. And uh, just wishing you all a wonderful holiday season, and look forward to seeing you all again on January 9th. So let's just take. Um, a final moment <clears throat> to link with the Triangles Network. Bye, everyone.